Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Today I'm going to read out of 1 Kings 19. Before I do, I just want to set a backdrop for this passage. So there was a prophet of the Lord named Elijah. The people of that time were following false gods. They had lost track of the real God. Hmm, sounds a little bit familiar, huh? Anyway, Elijah called the challenge. This is a long story short, but he said, get a sacrifice for yourself and I'll get one too. And whatever God answers by fire is the true God. Well, the prophets of Baal tried and tried to get their false god, Baal, to burn up the sacrifice, but they couldn't. Then it was Elijah's turn. He was successful. Of course, he had God on his side. He called down fire and poof, went the sacrifice up in flames, and he proved who the real God was. Well, Jezebel was ticked off, to say the least. She threatened to kill him, and Elijah freaked out and started running. I don't know why. God had just proved himself to Elijah and everybody else. And then two seconds later, Elijah forgets and took off hiding, afraid for his life. You know, we've all done this to some extent. We know God will never leave us or forsake us. He's always come through in the past. He never fails. But we lose heart sometimes. All right, 1 Kings 19. Then we're going to read verses 7 through 11. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. You know, I can really relate to Elijah. There are so many times where I've been in the cave. I'm the only prophet left. I'm the only one. For you, it could be I'm the only Christian at my workplace, the only one who cleans the house, the only one who does any work around here. And we start feeling down all alone, like no one understands. Sometimes it's a cave of addiction, anger, fear, depression. This all stems out of our thoughts. What are you thinking and believing in the moments before you go into the cave? Steve Backlund from Igniting Hope says, What we think about a problem can be a bigger problem than the problem or circumstance itself. What we think about a problem can be a bigger problem than the problem or circumstance itself. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And another version says, Plans to prosper you. So God says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are not thoughts of being in a cave. They are to prosper you. We need to get God's thoughts because they include prospering us. If we get God's perspective, his thinking, it would completely flip this thing. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ mind of Christ. We are one in spirit with him. We are hidden in Christ. Did you ever wonder why are you in Christ? It's so you can get his perspective and believe it first for yourself, then release it to the world. 
And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's Romans 12, 2. Renewing of your mind is so that you can help others get renewed, pre-believers and believers, because we need it too. We might be saved, but we often need to correct our thinking in many ways. We have a perfect spirit, but our mind needs some help. Thinking needs to be rewired by Holy Spirit. We can't release God's perspective from the cave. Maybe for you, the cave includes thoughts like, I'm the only person in my family who cares about staying connected. Maybe it's, I'm the only friend in my group that returns texts. Speaking of friend groups, a while back, I was a part of a women's Bible study for years, and then the Lord spoke to me and said, I have something else for you, so you need to stop this group. I was like, wait, but these are my friends. We've been doing this forever. Now you're telling me to leave this group? I was in some ways stuck in the cave with this group, and God was telling me it's time to get out. The Lord was trying to get me to make a change, and honestly, he's trying to do something with all of us at some point in time, and we're probably missing it. (laughs) That's why it's so important that we keep abiding in him every day, hearing him, studying the word, being open to his voice. But in that situation, I knew the Lord was like, let it go. I have something new. My friends may have been offended by that, hurt even, but I had to do it. We need to be willing to offend people if the Lord is calling us to do something new. Not saying disrespect or not honor people, but compared to our love and desire to go after God, we need to be willing to put other people's opinions aside. Luke fourteen twenty six says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That's pretty harsh, huh? But God is saying your devotion to me has to be so great that other relationships pale in comparison. Of course, love people, but love God first and the most. I recently got a word from someone that had to do with Elijah in the cave. They didn't know that God had used Elijah in his cave scenario many times in my life to speak to me and get me to respond to him. But surprise, God knows everything, right? He knows your story. And if anyone is listening, he'll tell them things to encourage you. The word I received was, when Elijah was discouraged, he had a cave. But the Lord said, you don't have a cave of discouragement. Now, in my head, I've been in that cave. So I'm like, what are you talking about? I do too, right? (laughs) How many know what I'm talking about? The cave of, I'm the only one left, nobody else in my family or my job or my church cares, that cave. But I had a choice to believe the word of the Lord. He says, hey, Jen, there is no cave. I never created a cave for you. Your enemy did. You decide. If I didn't create a cave for you, are you going to go back in there anymore? God asked me that question, and now I'm asking you. Are you going into the cave of, I'm the only one, nobody else cares? Well, I'm not, I'm done. He spoke that word and it washed me clean and I received it. You can't go somewhere that doesn't exist, can you? (laughs) Anybody ever been anywhere that does not exist? You can't. Nope, so get out of that cave. You know that song, dead man, get out of that grave. Well, we need to sing, dead man, get out of that cave. Not just for others to receive Jesus and leave the cave of eternal damnation, But sometimes it's for us to get out of the cave and continue our growth in the Lord. You know, Jesus said to raise the dead. And when we get born again, we die to ourself, right? 
Well, he's not talking about raising that old dead man. We are dead to sin. We're not raising the old dead man back to life. And anytime we follow the enemy into the cave, it's like we're trying to resurrect the old man. So we're not going in that cave anymore. When that circumstance comes against us, you're going to realize, hey, I'm a new creation. So God never created that cave for you. Then what did he create? Where are you supposed to go with those feelings and those thoughts when that thing happens? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. That's Proverbs 18, 10. That's where we go. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Another version says we destroy or tear down arguments and every lofty opinion. When we run into the place God created for us, we are tearing down wrong things, lofty thoughts, high places, things like that tempt us to go in the wrong direction. We say, no, you're not that lofty wrong thoughts. You're not better than me. And I'm actually better than you in your face. You know how when you're like arguing with someone or you may have seen someone else do this, right? (laughs) And they just want to fight and then they say something and then they go, huh? You know, we can't just do that to people when you're mad and you just want to tell somebody off. But we can do that to the enemy. We tell him the word of God and we say, in your face, little Lucy, huh? All right, so let's talk about that verse, 2 Corinthians 10. The word stronghold, the definition is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. A place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. So you know what hides in strongholds, lies, and truth. It's your choice what you allow in your strongholds. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. There's that word again, prosper. I love it. So who wants to be prosperous and successful? This is like a formula. You know, your relationship with God is not a formula, and we don't make ministering to others a formula because it's not always the same. But this is an equation for us to follow. Do this, and this will happen. Meditate on the word, and you'll be prosperous. This is the stronghold, the new cave, so to speak. This is the place God created for you to run when circumstances go wrong, when thinking gets upside down. You're tempted to go the old way, the cave way. No, no, God says, this is your place, in my word which causes you to be prosperous. Don't spend any more time in that cave. I say spend because time is a currency. There's a movie called In Time. In the movie, kids had plenty of time to grow up, but then at a certain age, they had to work to earn time to stay alive. The time that you had was written on your wrist and you bought food and shelter with time. And if you ran out of time, you died. Time is a resource. Don't waste it. Invest it in the kingdom. Spend your time on the word. Meditate on it day and night, and you are creating a place for you to run to be prosperous and succeed in. You're not just running to a place. You're running to our God. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Psalm 1 says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. 
When I read that verse preparing for this, I felt like the Lord instantly just dropped this thought into my mind. This reminds me of Facebook. I know for some it's difficult and this is a hard word to hear. But when we jump in and start complaining and just adding to the drama of Facebook issues that people are bringing up, it's like we're joining in with mockers. Just something to consider. All right, in verse 2 it says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Meditating on it day and night, their leaves never wither. Anybody ever feel withered? That's why we run into the cave, right? (laughs) I think that's why we run into the cave. But that's not who we are. We are not cave dwellers. We are trees planted along the riverbank. Come on, get in the river. Woohoo! So when I received that word about Elijah in the cave, it clicked. I received it and I resolved in my spirit and my mind to never go back into that cave and instead go into the places that God created for me. And I'm continuing to build strongholds in the Lord, places of refuge. If you want to receive this also, the cave is gone. It's your choice. If you ever see the entrance to the cave in the future, laugh at it. Turn and go the other direction because you have better options. The Lord has upgraded your accommodations. Ever gotten an upgrade like at a hotel or on an airline? You did nothing to get it. You didn't deserve it. But nonetheless, you got the upgrade. God has provided an upgrade. It's time to step into first class. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 